Yo, what's up, people? It's the Solar Kid. This is my podcast, The Other Side of the Sun. Today we have the chubby yogi, my boy Kevin Flea. <laughs> yes, Thank you so much for having How me. How are you doing? It, I'm, as I said, so much better for seeing you. It's uh, nice to catch up. Uh, seasons are changing, so the hoodies are coming on, and uh, yeah, all is good, man. No, that's it's so good to see you, bro. It's been a while, right? Like um, what, like <laughs> eight years or something. I think I, I can't even remember the last time I actually saw you in person. It was probably back in the studio, but like it's it's studio, been ages. The studio that you were looking after for the guy in Primrose Hill. In Primrose Hill. Oh man, I miss that place so much. You used that to just was... catch on shit there, man. <laughs> the thing is, nothing happened. Like it got used so infrequently. Like, all I got to do, like, is just hang out, take care of the place, make sure that it was ready when people were actually rocked up. Yeah. It was well, awesome. Like, yeah, the, in there, like, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that whole experience was just like, I, I got to learn a lot about stuff that I would never have usually had the opportunity to put my hands on. Yeah. Like, I got to play with so many, like, old synths and, like, uh, so many effects pedals. Like, you do one of the things, I suppose, being, like, in, in the modern world, because we've got this wonderful like array of effects and things that we can muck around with. I mean, as a, as a guitarist, especially with, when you're using stomp boxes, you know, you, you don't often have the time to like road test them. You don't have the time to like, you know, make like really to like, with work on your sound and all that kind of stuff. Well, so, yeah, to, to see what it can do. And like, you know, it was, that was really, really good. Cause I mean, I got to like play with some like old tube screamers. I got to play with some fucking amazing old analogs. Mm. Um, you know, as far as, you couldn't have asked for a nicer studio to be a creative musician in because there was just there was toys. It was there was like a box of Lego. Yeah, man. So let's uh, let's delve slightly into uh, the background. So Kev, I met Kev uh, when I was working in the studio in uh, North London, and um, but Kev's got a background in music, but um, in South Africa, he used to be yeah. in a band called. I've been in several bands, man. Several yeah. actually relatively relatively successful bands. Um, yeah, man, was doing I, well out there, bro. I did. You know, the thing, I was making a living playing music. That was the thing. It's like in Joburg of all places. In Joburg of all places. Well, the thing, like, um, it was quite funny because we were running rehearsal studios at the same time. And I mean, one of the things that Joburg didn't have at that stage, there was like so, so, so few rehearsal places. And I reckon it's one of the reasons why I still suck as a musician today. It's like when I was a kid, when I was playing, I didn't practice properly. Dude, we, were, we, we were jamming in uh, people's garages. We were jamming in people's bedrooms. I, how many times inside in Joburg did you have the cops called on you? Because yeah. you were fucking making a noise, just trying to make some rock and roll. Dude, so often, so often. That's why, you know, it's, it, 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 that's why the, the, the fall of apartheid was like such a fucking eye-opener to me as well. Because for the first time, like, we started to actually interact with the guys. And I remember we went into Katlahonga one day and we were jamming at a dude's house. He was a um, bass player. And, like, in, in, in Boxburg, where I grew up, did, if, you, if, you, if you jammed like that, Oaks would have been either throwing rocks on the roof or calling the cops. The yeah. guys we, we were jamming with in Katlahonga, they wound up bringing out a bride. They wound up bringing out a cooler box and beers. And, like, it, it turned into a party. It didn't matter what the fuck the, the, the mission was. It was just, like, this awesome, awesome, awesome thing. Um, I was like blessed. Oh, so for, anyway, bands that I was in. Um, oh, well, I mean, wait, wait, before you, before you even get there, I like, I like this, I like this, um, the, 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 the way that the conversation is going because we, we, we lived through a really interesting time, like with the fall of apartheid, because like with, with a lot of people, 
that I've spoken to, like, for me, it was evident. Like, I went to what was called a, a colored school. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like, black kids were coming to my school. And then, like, when I went to high school, we were allowed to go to what was a, a white school or Model C school. And like, like you said, for the first time, we were all starting to interact with each other and, like, realizing, like, yo, what the fuck is this shit about? Like, we're the same fucking people. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I didn't think about it, it in, like, in that way. You know? I met the first black dude of my generation when I turned 13. Yeah. I, I, never, I, I did. We live completely segregated. Yeah, same. When I was 13, 14 was the first time I actually entered with white people. Like, I made my first yeah. time white friends in school and stuff like that. Like, it was... And I, I mean, I didn't think about it like that. I think about... When I think back now, I think about it like that. But when it was there... It was just like I'm making friends, you know what I mean? And whatever, you know what I mean? It's just like... <laughs> I have to tell a story. Um, my parents took me out of government schools. I blessed them for them. They worked their asses off to get me out of a government school and into a private school. Uh, and they sent me to uh, Christian Brothers College, Boxburg. Christian Brothers. I uh, love you Christian of all people. Brothers College. Saint Saint Thomas Aquinas Christian. What is it? No wonder. Out the way I was. No wonder. <laughs> and um, I remember the first day. It was like it was the most amazing thing because I'd never seen a Catholic mass, and like we got taken into the hall and we had a Catholic mass in Gaelic. Oh, okay, wow. in Boxburg, and I did, I'd never do this. The robes and the incense censers, and the drinking and the wine, and I was just like, what the hell? I was thirteen years old. Blew my mind. Anyway, so we go back. We get put into our classes go back in and like we had those old desks those old yeah, writing desks with yeah. the things for the ink pots and like the whole number i opened up my desk where i've been allocated to sit and somebody who was there earlier had left a scrambled egg sandwich on brown in my freaking desk and i was just like i don't want this i'm gonna make a friend and i threw the fucking sandwich into the glass randomly just <laughs> guy, chaos absolute chaos i just wanted to see who it is I was going to make a friend. <laughs> and it hits um, a chap by the name of Katsitsi Totsotso, okay, who fucking, I love that dude. He's a, now a rugby player, very good rugby coach, um, awesome, awesome gentleman. He introduced me to um, Public Enemy. Okay, sick. I introduced him to Slayer. Nice. <laughs> um, and like, it was, it was a wonderful, it was, it was, it was an awesome thing. It's like, I, and it's quite funny because, like, at the time, I don't think it made that much of a difference to me. I never thought about it. Um, it was just, it was just, it was a whole brand new experience. I was on, like, this fucking adventure. And, and like, that time, dude, what, 93, 94, 95, 96? Mm. Um, you know, I was, I was just out of high school in 96. And, like, it was, it was a brave new world. It was, man. Fucking won the World Cup. Yeah, I remember '96. I was, I was, you know, I was. I think I was two years behind you, so I remember like fucking pandemonium on the streets, bro. Like everywhere we were when we won the World Cup in the first time, we were out. I think we were at the waterfront or something, and just going mad, like everyone <laughs> and everyone just embraces literally what um, Mandela was hoping for, you know, that uh, togetherness. It's been a long journey since, and now we find ourselves here. Yeah, what are we doing in England? We just left, bro. We just up and left. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, dude. I, I had very good reason for coming out here. You know, um, A, I was very much in love. Okay. And, you know, lo love makes you do uh, crazy things. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, dude, as a musician at the time, there was a better opportunity out here than there was back there. No, I, um, I agree. 
uh, we, 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 we hit a ceiling. There's only, there's only so many shows you can play. And if the radio's on playing your stuff, if they don't want to play your stuff, and to be fair, I mean, like the one band I was in, we were like a blues band. We were a review band. We were a party band. What was the name um, of that band? Uh, the Death Valley Blues Band. I swear, didn't you didn't you have any like records on on radio? Or was it Death Valley Blues? Or? There, there was some stuff. I mean, we, we we got some play, but like you know, what does it do? Like, and I, I think I can I think I can say this. I mean, Samro fucks. You. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Is that? Um, but yeah, they, 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 they. Oh no, dude! It's uh, it's 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 a joke. Um, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, I forget the chef's name, but he uh, he uh, was the band called the Kiff or the Kiffness or something. He's like he's taking Samro to to task because really they they're just not paying their artists what they're due. Mm. They're not, and I mean that's across the board. Yeah. Um, and you know you can only play so many shows. You can only tour South Africa so long. You can only play the festivals so long. And I mean we, we were never going to be a headline. Death Valley Blues Band would never be like it would never headline a festival. I don't think. But we were a fucking great support band. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I don't think we were ever cool, if that makes sense. Like it was kind of, it was, Maybe it was the wrong time for you guys or something. No, I, I, it was the perfectly the right time, dude. I, I, I believe that thing that like Tolkien said, so a wizard arrives exactly when you're supposed to. Yeah. I believe in that. And I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm. And like we were there for that reason and we de definitely filled up that space. Funny enough, it's there's there's even been some talk about now with the whole COVID thing, and now because we're doing a lot more stuff online, and like computers is fucking amazing. We're thinking about doing some other stuff because I mean the stuff with Death Valley that we had uh, that's sitting on Spotify. I mean the album is good, it's great, but it's yeah, it I remember really that. Really, yeah, I thought yeah. Good, yeah, I like it. Uh, it, it but for me, uh, it, it doesn't really represent. It represents where we were in a studio, but it doesn't represent where that band was live. Dude. And that band was all about shaking ass. Yeah, Just like it was all. Yeah, I mean that was that was my sole objective: make girls dance, make people dance. That's a good objective yeah, that's, that's, to have as a musician, though. <laughs> and the thing is, it, 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 it kind of worked. I mean, to be fair, we were we were rocking pretty much to a formula. Um, I'm 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 not proud enough to uh, deny that. One four five blues, nice little bit of swing. Okay, give them some sexy horns. You know, a little bit of gruff voice and singing a lot. It's 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 fun to be around. Like you know, you you want to raise your drink in the air. You know, you want to shake your ass. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh when I tell you who that voice reminds me of. Go for it, Zaid. <laughs> Especially because you look like him. <laughs> that dude, man. That dude has been around forever. Okay, I really hope that some way that like his legacy does not get lost. He's a G man. He put me on when I was when I was doing loads of my acoustic stuff. He used to love my my live act, man. I, when I was doing a solo acoustic thing, he used to put me on. I played lovely gigs with him, man. He's, he, he 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 lives what he does, you know. He's a proper Absolutely. old school promoter who does the job, and he he does it, man. It's it's, it's yeah. He represents. It. I I've only ever been to one of Zage shows that didn't have an audience. Yeah. No, he's proper one, and I've been to a lot. What I liked about him was because, like, you know, the whole promoter scene in London is such a fucking like scam. Because all the bands I've played in is like they make you get the audience, they make you um, pay for some of the stuff. They don't promote the show, you know, and it's yeah. like they are the promoters. And I was like, that does not like define what the word promoter means in any sense you know what i mean like promoter means you promote the fucking show you know like mm -hmm. that's why i kind of became disillusioned with those things like you know i mean with like um 
I've, I think I hate to admit it. I've pretty much given up on the idea of playing live music anymore. Mm. I play for myself. I make music for myself, and you know, been buggering around with a couple of people online. Um, I've been sitting down and like learning the stuff that I was too lazy to learn when I was a kid. Mm. Like, you know, and it's like, I'm sitting down doing my finger pickings. I'm uh, learning my Indian scales. I'm, I'm trying to do that. That's kind of where my thing is. I, I don't get me wrong. I love performing. Yeah, I mean, I you moment, do, bro, you're a natural born performer, man. <laughs> Mama gave me these baby blues and I know how to shake them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You meant for the stage, bro. Front and center. I uh, did. Well, that's one of the things. That's funny enough why yoga has been one of the great things for me because I've almost translated a lot of what I use as a performer into that. Because mm-hmm. as a performer, what you do, you hold space. Yeah. Okay. You hold people's space. They literally, like a good performer, what, 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 when you go to a great concert, okay, and you're standing in there, you're watching somebody. The prime example, I remember watching, I remember seeing Alice Cooper. Okay. okay, the first time at the Alexander Palace. And I mean, Alice is an old man now, okay? And he's a little man. He's not a big man. He walks out onto the stage. He takes his cane and he goes, he claps his cane into the ground. I gave myself to him. I was just yeah. like, fuck it, dude, I'm yours. I'm yours. Take me where you are going because fuck it, I love you. Okay? Yeah, most of those most of those old guys have that, man. Literally. They exactly. Fucking sagging at the mouth and shit like that. I, mean, I saw... Um, What's this guy's name? I think it's Fred Perry. You remember Jane's Addiction? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, you know the lead singer from Jane's Addiction. So I used yes. to work. I used to work at this club called The Box in London, which is like a very exclusive. Um, Perry Farrell. That's his Perry, name. Farrell. Perry Farrell. So I used to work at this place, yeah, and like he was performing there, but he still had it. Like he's fucking proper Hollywood, you know, like Botox to the max. Like you know, what I mean. <laughs> 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 looks like, he's, like you know, anyone in that age group you know what I'm saying like literally <laughs> but still gives you a show you know what I mean like yeah. literally still rocks the fuck out the place like no matter who's there man. and that's the thing you, you, as a performer you hold space now the thing what, what works with me with yoga is that people um, often what, what brings people to the practice of yoga is always different mm. you know some people come for the strength some people come for the flexibility some people come for the healing some people come for the philosophy. Some people look for belonging. And that's the thing with yoga is that it offers something to everybody because it is a physical and a spiritual and a philosophical thing. Um, and as a performer, I'm able to actually hold that space and cultivate an, a, an environment where they can blossom, yeah. where they can find foundation, where they can find flow, where they can experiment and potentially fuck up where the place where they can also make mistakes, um, which has worked well for me because because I'm a fat fucker, okay, and because I swear a lot, I'm very human. Whereas some yoga teachers, bless them, and I'm not saying that they're bad teachers, but they are genetically blessed. Um, <laughs> the embodiment they are of perfection. <laughs> exactly. And, and don't get me wrong, Hatha Yoga is about the quest for perfection. It is. It's about peeling away the layers of illusion so you can find the true self, the Atman, so you can connect with yourself, who you actually are. Not what the senses tell you that you are, not what the outside world tells you that you are, but that creative soul, the creative spirit that is linked to everything in the universe. Yes. Um, and like it's, 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 it's being able to hold space for people so that they can do that. Um, there was a, a, a funny thing on Facebook where somebody said, describe your job badly. 
And I put down that I teach menopausal women how to die. (laughs) That's a beautiful description, bro. It's It's beautiful in its simplicity and it makes complete and utter sense, you know? Yeah. It's also black as fuck. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. Like, I don't know if you know, but I I kind of, um, I started my yoga journey in about 2009. There was like a, there was this um, show that used to come on TV. And it was these like California people and they were like, yo, yo, let's do some yoga. And, you know, yoga is science. And, you know, what I mean, and, you know, I was being my hippie self wherever I got into it. And then like literally within a year or so, 2000, yeah, I wanted to actually become a teacher. I got the, the books on Hatha Yoga, Pradipika, Sudhya, yeah. all that stuff. And then I kind of just, I left the books there and then like. I mean, I kind of practice. I developed, I used to go for, for classes and then I de- kind of developed my own practice. And then like about two, two three years ago, or two years ago, um, I read the Mahabharata. And then I read uh, the Bhagavad Gita. And like this year, all of a sudden, just before lockdown, I really started delving into it and really like wow. starting to gain more understanding in terms of this journey. You know what I mean? Like, Working out this, uh, what is it, samsara? You know yeah. what I mean. Working, working it out, and literally enjoying the process, man. But just before, just before I, I get you to 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 explain some things, I'll ask you some questions on this. I wanna just go a bit further back because I remember you said you uh, you lived in Malaysia for a bit or in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, in KL. So, yeah. So did you uh, did you ever tell me something about the occult? You said you were really interested in the occult. <laughs> I really yes. want to down delve a bit into that side. Oh of yeah, how that. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, well, it's, it's it's funny enough because my journey to yoga and the occult uh, are very much interlinked. Um, I don't know what started it. I have no idea where the germ came from. It might have been Catholic school. Yeah, because um, most people are like yo, that's the devil, bro. Like you don't do that devil work, especially if you're from South Africa, man. You know, with our, you know. Oh, dude, absolutely. Weird, uh, yeah, yeah. Deception on things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a satanist. <laughs> oh, in any race in South Africa, bro, whether you're white, colored, black, whatever, like they will, you devil worshiper. Yeah. Um, I I started reading. Well, sport actually brought me to yoga. Where? Yoga in, introduced me to pranayama. Uh, breath, breathing. Um, and at that time, you know, I was going through a lot of changes. My mind was awakening. Um, I was starting to inquire about things. I was probably right about the same, probably a few years after that, that I discovered LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, and like just had this, this big conscious expansion. And like, I wanted to make sense of the world. And um, because of things like uh, Freemasonry, and uh, all of these societies that are involved, they kind of look like they had it together. Because, you know, let's face it, if the New World Order is the New World Order and, like, the Freemasons are a link-up of the New World Order, yeah, that means, like, there's, if there's order, order of chaos, order, that means there must be some kind of structure. Mm. Now, the best way to influence the world, they always say, is like, you know, do the study, you know the study, but then in the moment you just got to let it go and let it be. Mm. Um, you know, that's kind of how you... You, um, that's what makes science art is moving something from experiment into experience. 
And that's what I wanted. I wanted that synthesis. I wanted to make sense of religion and art. I wanted to make sense of experience. I wanted to, I wanted to find God. I wanted to commune because if I belonged to something, I wanted to know what I belonged to. And I think that's, that's, that's the human quest. Um, we are uh, the creation that becomes the creator. And that's what led me down that path because I wanted to understand my place in the universe. And uh, when you start going into the occult, the occult gave answers for that because it gave you the flower of life. Um, it gives you um, uh, structures. If some, if, say, for example, if you're looking at the more Abrahamic things how, of angels, of of uh, of um, ritual to have, and how to, and, and all ritual is is something just to bring structure into your life. Because when you have structure, you can understand um, time. It helps you to make sense of reality, or like um... correct. It helps. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that's really where my interest came in. Um, and then, like, I found, uh, I, I, I mean, witches are cool. <laughs> I've always, looked, I've always, I've always loved, well, not loved, but like, I've always enjoyed reading up on paganism and like the whole stuff they mm. do. And like, especially because a lot of people, I think I delved into that because so many people are like, oh, pagans and this and witches and shit, like, you know, like very like anti all this stuff. And I'm like, no, but I need to figure out why are people like that. And then when you, when you delve mm-hmm. into it, it's like, these people actually revere the earth and like the moon and the cycles of nature. And you know what I mean? It's the solstices and the equinoxes. And I'm like, what's so bad about this? This, this seems like quite natural to me. You know what I mean? Like, it actually can set, it actually sets you at your ease. That it doesn't become this overwhelming, um, big finger in the sky. That's busy pointing down at you being be good or be else. Going um, to hell. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody likes the threat of hell. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I like Buddhism is because Buddha basically said, well, life is suffering. You're in hell already. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. You've got two choices. You've got love. You've got fear. One is fake. One is real. Choice is yours. Oh, if they even uh, say that um, Buddha says that he's, you know, if, if you think of heaven, he's not there. He's in another place. He's in the place where he's dealing with, um, you know, whatever difficulties there are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being able to be happy and joyous within that space no matter you know what you're experiencing mm-hmm. so yeah i mean like i don't i mean i really started I, on my previous uh you'll see in one of my other episodes i just spoke to a, a krishna monk the other day from uh, really Chicago, i love the krishnas man yeah krishnas he was such you know, fun. that was such an interesting conversation man like literally mm. i mean we also spoke a lot about the you know the vedas and like he he put so many things in context in terms of um, reincarnation and life in the cycles of life and death and like the forms of beings and stuff. Cause I asked him questions on like lust and this and that. And like, yeah, mm. it was a really good episode. I mean, a really good podcast. Oh, dude, I, I, I look forward to listening to that. I had a wonderful experience with the Krishnas at a festival called Rustler's Valley. I mean, you know, Rustler's. I've heard of it. Never been there. Oh, yeah. uh, Rustler's Valley is amazing. Great hippie fest. Like awesome, awesome, awesome hippie fest. Like the people there were just like genuinely, genuinely cool. And they were trying to make, you know, the, we, we talk about building community. Mm. Those dudes, they were fucking trying, dude. They tried their hardest. Um, but yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you make it seem like they didn't, they didn't achieve it. <laughs> oh, dude, essentially, it just got struck by fucking lightning, dude. Like God was out to fuck them if there is a God. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know what the internal politics were. Um, I, I, I hear stories, but like, I don't know the truth. But like, seriously, dude, lightning fires. Um, I mean, the, 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 the history festival? of the valley. 
Uh, no, not at the festival. It's for the community that was living where they had the festival. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it was crazy. But, I mean, that, that, that whole valley has such crazy history because, I mean, it's called Rustler's Valley because they used to go and, uh, where the guys used to steal cattle. They used to take them into that particular valley because it was really good to hide because nobody could find it um, until helicopters. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's like, yeah, there's crazy earth energy there, man, like earth dragons. If you're, like, into that kind of stuff, Dude, there's, there's a fucking earth dragon right there. Just need the Lachens back, huh? It's, yeah, it's I, think I, I think I've been there, man. Like, I think I've actually been there probably with my parents, like, or near there or something. Yeah. Dude, yeah, there. it's uh, Fixburg, Friesburg. Beautiful place. Why the fuck yeah. is it talking about uh, wrestlers? Hippies. Occult, hippies. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, uh, Krishnas. Mm. Uh, the Krishnas used to come down and do the food at Wrestlers Valley or, like, one of the food things. And, oh, man, I had the most amazing conversation with the guy. And he explained to me, which I didn't understand at the time. I was probably about 19, 20 years old. Um, about Aryans and how, because um, all I knew about Aryans was uh, Nazis. White supremacy. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. it's all I knew. And he explained this whole thing to me and how the Arya and how the uh, swastika, the things, all, how all of that is actually like sort of part of the history and it's not necessarily, they're not, not just fucking white supremacist um, bastards. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I, never underst- I never understood that and how like the, 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 the flow of history happens. They've got a wonderful, like the, the, the Vedas, um, have got some of the most wonderful knowledge in them. I mean, everything is sort of tainted by history. And I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to discredit the Bible. I'm not trying to discredit the Torah. I'm not trying to discredit fucking anything. Um, but there's just these, these, these wonderful threads that all kind of came together and started making sense mm. uh, because I'd never had exposure to that kind of stuff before. So yeah, that was, that, that was, that was awesome. No, I'd say the same for me when, when, um, I mean, it started for me with uh, when I read um, Paramahansa Yogananda uh, autobiography of a yogi. I have a confession to make. I've never read it. So that book, yeah, like for me, because I've been grappling with science and uh, philosophy, that just put everything together. And I was like, Mm. yes, okay, thank you. It makes sense. I don't just have to think one way, you know, like, and I'm not saying like, um, for me, like I've always had a feeling like science proves philosophy or like when people would say things like, you know, in the Bible, it says, uh, God said, let there be light. I was like, yeah, well, what do you think the big bang was? You know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? Like just, obviously I couldn't explain it like, you know, in detail or whatever, but like for me, that was how I felt. It's like, everything is everything. Everything is a part of everything. Mm-hmm. We live in this life. You know, we are a part of this thing. We can't just go and meditate in the Himalayas and whatever forever, you know what I mean? Unless that's your inclination, you need to come back to reality and be able to live within this existence and stay present, you know what I mean? And stay, you know what I mean? with Because we are part of it, literally. Yeah. Krishna Macharya said that enlightenment doesn't last a lifetime. It's like a flash. It's like a lightning bolt. Yeah. Because that's exactly what our lives are in the grand existence. We are so fleeting anyway. You know, enlightenment is not meant to last forever because it's kind of lasting forever anyway. It's just not in that particular state that you're in. We have to function. Um, Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna tells Arjuna, do your duty. Uh, action is far greater than it. Yeah, because he's like, yo, I don't want to go and fight this thing. It's wrong, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yo, bro, you need to just do your thing. This is your, this is your, you know what I mean? This is your purpose. You need, yeah. to, you need to do this, you know, otherwise like, yeah, you can't be in two minds about these things. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that's a big thing about people finding their purpose, however. 
you know, you, you've got to, you've got to do the research. Mm. Uh, when you, when you've, when you've done the research, you know, you have to, um, you have to meditate on it. You have to think about it. You have to reflect. Uh, and then once you've got that, once you've got the reason, you've had the reflection, then you can rejoice. So tell me, like, how did you, um, with the, like, actually teaching yoga, you, you had to go for training and you had to... Yeah, well, it's, it's a weird thing because I never, I, I never actually anticipated becoming a yoga teacher. Yeah. Um, I've got a very strong home practice. Um, I don't actually like going to public classes, okay? And you can bear testament to this. I breathe really loudly. <laughs> I, I do. Okay. Yes, you must hear me in a yoga class, dude. I sound like a telephone pervert. <laughs> <gasps> it's like having a fucking orangutan. Okay. I'm loud. I'm, I'm very, very, very loud. So like, it, it's, it's, it's almost, it's, it's embarrassing sometimes. So like, I've got a strong home practice. When, uh, the missus and I split, I, 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 I kind of took it hard and I fell very heavily into my yoga practice. And like, I was just, I was working out like every day, two, three times sessions a day. Just like, cause I was heartbroken. I was sore and I needed to fix. And I fell into the practice cause, you know, uh, Maharishi Patanjali tells us only using pain as a method of purification can one find their way to yoga. Mm -hmm. So I embraced that pain and I fell into it. And like, I destroyed two mats over those, over the space of about two years. Okay. Uh, just in, just in practice, practice. Yeah, I think practice, I remember practice. that. Yeah. I, yeah. still, I, I think you couldn't even, uh, you, you, you weren't very flexible in the beginning. And then no. you were like, yeah. No, dude, I'd lost everything. I mean, you, 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 you even said to me when you first started, like, where's the rest of me? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, you've lost loads, man. Um, and like, I couldn't. My, my knees were up around my ears. And I mean, being an ex-sportsman as well, it scared the crap out of me. It really did. And it was a lot of hard work just to, just to start moving again and actually force myself to find out who I was again. And as like, and I started the uh, diary of a chubby yogi Instagram account to make myself accountable because I don't keep a journal very well. Mm. And like one of the things when you're doing anything like this, even magical work, even any kind of occult work or any kind of transformative stuff, you need to keep a journal. You know, if you make a good track, you have to fucking know what's going on. Know where you started, know where it's going. You have to document this shit, yeah. okay? So I started Diary of a Chubby Yogi because I need Chubby Yogi needed a fucking diary, yeah. okay, to make himself accountable. And I practiced and I practiced and I practiced. And one day, um, I just got really frustrated with my own home practice. I like, I just like, I was angry. I didn't want to get on a mat. I was frustrated. I was sore, and I just I needed guidance. And uh, once uh, Ishvani Pranidana, supplication to the uh, spiritual experience, uh, I needed I needed a guru, I needed guidance. And um, my ex, who is a yoga teacher, um, we we kept a very um, we kept a very amicable relationship. Uh, like it wasn't it wasn't a bad split. I didn't I just know, didn't. bro. Honestly. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know. That, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I did, the thing is, it wasn't really something I was supposed to be very public with. No, anyway. you wouldn't. You wouldn't, would you? <laughs> Like, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I suppose in a way I expressed it through Chabi Yogi because, you know, I was talking, when I, when I cried, I spoke about it. When I was frustrated, I spoke about it. I wrote it all down. It's all fucking there. It's still online. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's literally me going, yeah, it's my bleeding heart. And what was great about that is I started to get a lot of people coming back and going, listen, thank you for putting it out there. Thank you for being honest. Actually, because I feel you know the same. I, I do remember that time. I was probably, yeah, 
depending what's like. Oh, dude, yeah. dude, you you got three kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's me. That's my bleeding heart. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Um, and that's one thing I actually, I'm, I'm very grateful. I mean, Haley and I decided not to have kids and I think it was one of the best things that we could have done in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, because we both learned a lot and you know, I actually, it may sound strange to say this. I'm so grateful for it happening because it's changed my life. It, it turned me into a yoga teacher. All of a sudden, like I say, as I was saying, I had people coming back to me. I had one guy who was uh, actually placed in a band here in London and he said to me, look, you know, I'm, I'm battling. He also broke up with his girlfriend of like 17 years. Oh, wow. And said, so, like, you know, I, I can feel myself going down a drink in a drug hole. And, like, I don't want to be there. I've seen what yoga has done for you. And, like, can you help me? And, like, I was in the middle of my teacher training. Oh, sorry. Did I tell you, say why I went to my teacher training? No, I didn't. Yes, you were getting Fuck. to that point. Yeah, you were getting oh, sorry, to that Jumping around like a motherfucker. No, you're getting to um, that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Haley basically turned around to me. And I said I was frustrated with my practice. And she said, why don't you go do your teacher training? Not so that you can teach us. Not so that you can teach people, but so that you can learn yourself. Yeah. It also it doesn't put you into a public class and it puts you with people who are experienced and probably have a little bit more um, compassion than your, your average person. So, you know, it, it might actually be really good. And I did. I went to Yoga London and I did my teacher training over a year. About six months through, this guy came to me and he said, look, you know, I need help. And it's great because I needed help too, because I needed to um, learn how to teach my sequence for the end of my, for my exams. So like we, he was living in a squat in uh, Hammersmith. And I went up there like every Monday night for about three months. And um, it, was, it was a bunch of punk kids, like crusty punks. Yeah. And these dudes used to come down and like bugger around. And like, I mean, they were drinking beer and smoking cigarettes while we fucking doing a sauna. <laughs> and I, I, I go and I take these guys through um, a modified primary series. And, um, and we were just mucking about and having fun and like uh, doing handstands. I was teaching the guys crow. And so you're like mucking about. It's like, you know, oh, can you do this? Oh, look, look, the fat guy can do this. Can your skinny ass do this? And like, it was just, it was fun. It was really, um, <laughs> I was like Mowgli, okay, growing up um, uh, in, in amongst wolves. Uh, it, it was awesome. It was, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And what, what was great is I saw people having fun and I, I, it, it appealed to the performer in me. It appealed to the, um, the preacher in me. Mm. And because uh, I do think there's a little bit of a preacher in me, I, oh, I yeah, do from the blues background. Oh, dude, absolutely, and th th that's one of the reasons probably the blues band did as well as it did, is because you know um, I like to spread the word. Got that soul, got that soul. <laughs> Feel it. Feel it in your heart. Feel it in your heart and send it out through your fingers. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. And then why you just. Uh... Sign up for some places and just start the teaching. Or like well, once by the time I'd finished my teacher training, uh, my job with um, the escape room guys was over. We haven't even delved into that yet, but that's that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, that was an awesome thing. But anyway, um, once I came out, um, one of the things that I wound up doing uh, is I, I moved out of London and sort of into uh, Northern Kent, um, to out Orpington, uh, yeah. Bromley Way. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. And, yeah. And um, I started going to uh, a, a leisure center out here. Now, uh, being South African, I didn't know what the fuck a leisure center was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was, this is a completely new thing in my existence. 
Yeah, it's like, and how does every uh, community have their own leisure center? Like, fucking hell, what, that's see, so cool. <laughs> and like, there was, there's a swimming pool, there's mm-hmm. a hot drum, there's yoga classes, there's squash courts, yep. all in one fucking building. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, man, I, I'm going to have me a bit of that. I went down there and started doing some yoga there. And one of the teachers, uh, Sally Chan, fucking big shout out to Sally Chan. Um, she uh, came up to me after the one class and said, you know, your practice is all right. You know, what, what's, where the fuck do you come from? And so I told her I was just about to finish my teacher training and rah, 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 rah. And she uh, organized me a bunch of cover classes um, at uh, one of the gyms in Orpington. Nice. And um, I literally walked in there um, pretty or relatively clueless and uh, just started preaching and um, haven't stopped since. <laughs> that's, that's the universe, bro. Well, is- dude, what's beautiful about it is if you look at the Vedas, if you look at the Upanishads, a lot of that information they said is supplied by its universal knowledge. All I'm doing is I'm passing on universal knowledge. I'm not a guru, okay? I don't even like to call myself a yoga teacher. I'm a yoga student. Yeah. I'm still learning. Okay, this is this isn't my culture. This isn't my background. Um, I have a lot to learn, and what is wonderful about it is that I have a lot to share from it as well. Um, and the thing is, with the great thing with yoga is, the more we learn, the more we share. Sanatana Dharma, uh, we live the truth, mm-hmm. and uh, that that living that truth is so important because that it goes beyond. Uh, it goes beyond genetics because all of a sudden. It's not just us. It's not just humans. It's animals. It's the plants. It's the fucking rocks. It's the planet. It's the universe. It's fucking everything. We are all connected to that creator spirit. We have that moment of like being an avatar for a moment, but it's not us. Okay. It's, it's just, it's carbon and water and stuff. And then it goes back and we reprogram and come back and fucking do it again. So have you ever felt, um, have you ever hallucinated while meditating or anything similar? Um, I'm going to say yes, because life is a hallucination. Mm, okay. Um, I, I like to delve. I like, to, I do like to experiment with uh, lucid dreaming. Um, but uh, the, the problem is, is uh, because I'm a bit of an anarchist deep down, as soon as I feel like I have any kind of control, I'm just going to go, yeah, fuck it. Woo! Throw it out of the window. <laughs> That's why I don't drink anymore. <laughs> nice, bro. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, actually, that's been 13, 14 years now, almost. Yeah, you did. Yeah, 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 even back then, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that's good, man. That's good, I'm sure you've Still smoking pot, though. Yeah? How's that going? <laughs> you need to move to California, bro, where they I do the, um, the, the weed yoga sessions. They, you know, you <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something. If ever they uh, decriminalize in the United Kingdom, um, I will probably do at least two weekly stoner yoga classes. Do you think they'll ever do that? Uh, yeah. You think? You know, they've oh, just dude, like Bre- taken it up a classification again, like recently. Dude, uh, Brexit's going to be a very interesting thing. Yeah. It is. And uh, the thing is, um, uh, Theresa May's husband, he's got his fingers in some big dope farm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Um, the, 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 the thing is, is the scope for the use of marijuana is fucking, or not marijuana, sorry, I shouldn't use the word marijuana. Uh, cannabis is huge. It's yeah. huge. Uh, cannabis oils, cannabis fibers, blah, blah, blah. Well, blah, CBD blah, is legal now in the UK. There we go. I mean, so, so already that's, that's a great sort of step forward. 
But um, uh, considering how chaotic things are at the moment, you know, it would just be kind of nice for somebody to throw us a, a sardine and just go, don't worry. Be happy. Get high in the privilege of going. I mean, they've done it in South Africa now. Yeah. Bro, like, oh, so many of my boys back home are, like, um, <laughs> delving into, like, making and doing oils and all those things. I, I seen one one friend of mine send me a picture of him, like, uh, in a braai. Like, he just had all this, like, weed from his garden. He's just chucking it in there. And he's, like, putting his head in the braai. And he's, like, oh, <laughs> like good morning. <laughs> I was, like, yep. Yeah, I can yep. imagine. It must be nice <laughs> back home. But... Dude, what a wonderful opportunity for green tourism. Yeah. A huge opportunity there. Mm. I mean, in um, a place where there's sun all year round, like, you know, it makes sense, you know. Exactly. Um, uh, exactly. And I mean, the, 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 um, like, stoner culture is becoming more and more acceptable. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't have its problems. Okay. I mean, if there are underlying psychotic issues, you know, somebody's going to get psychotic. You know, but they would have got psychotic anyway, probably. <laughs> I think so. And obviously, there um, are stronger forms of, um, you know. Oh, look, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, guys, are like a lot, a lot of the dudes are going with like edibles and like going to like insane levels. But I mean, that's just humans, man. That's why they call it a human race, because we're trying yeah. to fucking win. Dude, edibles are like, I, 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 I have to like, I have to give that a break because edibles just fuck you up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, if you, if you don't know, like, I used to watch this show called Weedy Kit and uh, like on Viceland. I don't know if you watch any Viceland shows. I'm aware of it, yeah. But there used to be um, Bong Appetit and like those guys, when they do, like they basically do all cannabis infused like foods, you know what I mean? From anything. Oh, yeah. so they'll, they'll take a culture, say Vietnamese or like Thai or whatever, and then get like a professional chef from that culture and then get like a professional, like they've got their professional weed dudes and then they get them to like kind of cultivate these meals like infused with like rosins and oils so they know like their percentages and stuff like that but when yeah. i had an edible like dude that just knocked me out like i just couldn't i couldn't handle it like i just had to go and sleep <laughs> dude i remember one day um this is this is many many moons ago uh cool runnings melville yes uh downstairs Dude, downstairs in the dungeon, we made some um, brownies, like hash brownies. And um, I saw probably one of the biggest dudes I've ever met in my life. Okay, He's a huge man, ex-bouncer. Ex okay, huge, 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 huge dude. I saw him reduced to a um, slobbering, kind of whimpering, <laughs> shaking um, because of those freaking hash brownies. To be fair, though, I mean, I, I will say in his defense, he licked the bowl when I was making them. And like he ate the crumbs out of the bag, okay? Like he he took too much. Yeah, edibles are bad. Dude. It's a, it's a, it's a different thing that happens in your stomach. It's a, it's a, it's a different uh, chemical reaction. Yeah, it's not like smoking it definitely. And you need to know, no. you need to understand like when like like I said, those guys in that show, they know the exact ratios and percentages, so they can be like mm. one little bite of this thing is basically equivalent to like one joint or whatever and stuff. So if people can tell me that, then maybe you know, I actually, I mean, I actually haven't smoked. Over eight months, seven months now. So okay. I'm uh, kind of clean, I guess. <laughs> but always, I mean, I, I stopped uh, nicotine uh, the day of lockdown. Okay. 
Like, I mean, I wasn't smoking cigarettes anymore. I'd, I'd moved on to uh, one of those vaporizers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but I was only using it while I was driving because like driving can be a stressful thing. Um, you really smoke like you ever used to buy you i swear you used to just like have a rolly every night i, I used to I'd bum the occasional one mm. i mean but before i mean probably when i was in my mid-20s i was doing like 30 bnh a day i mean that was yeah that was that, that was a different time those, those were the days when you, you could just buy, needed a bottle of brandy and uh, <laughs> a bottle of brandy and two liter coke what is it like, <laughs> 10 liter brandy to a liter coke <laughs> Bottle of, uh, box of Peter Stuyvesant Reds. Peter Stuyvesant Reds. Yeah, no. yeah. No, no. I mean, I kind of went off the, the tobacco a while ago. And like, I never used to smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke rollies, but not even like just hmm. out. Like I was only smoking it with weed. Like I never used to just have it on his own. Yeah. And then by the end, like by the beginning of last, this year, I was just vaping. Or like bowling. Hmm. I used to have bowls for like, you know, just whatever. Hmm. And I used to just bowl it and stuff, yeah. And then I just, I don't know, I just stopped. Same like with meat. I stopped meat like about two years ago. Nice. People nice. Were like, How's that working out for you? So I, I call myself a flexitarian now. So I, I still don't eat uh, red meat and stuff, like, mm-hmm. but I, I have fish. And every now and again, I'll have uh, chicken, stuff like that. Uh, if my wife has some really nice, because my wife loves boltong and stuff, so like if she has yeah, some nice drove horse or something, I'll maybe have a you know one of that. But generally, uh, just steam veg and and veg like like the, I mean the the veggie options nowadays are pretty cool, man. Like really, really. veggie options at the moment are fucking awesome. Also, yeah. like I mean, in the UK, you can get a good selection of veggies pretty much all yeah. year round. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we're we're well taken care of. We can't complain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if I if it was came down to it, then I have nothing else to eat. I'll just eat whatever's there, to be honest. But like, yeah, I'm not like a like serious strict vegan kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I've got absolutely nothing against vegans. I mean, I, I all carnivores. I mean, dude, everybody's kind of living their own thing. Mm-hmm. For myself, I uh, try and con- consume as little uh, meat as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm ne- I'm not, I'm never going to say no because it also, um. I don't want to ever wind up in a situation where somebody offers me a meal and I turn them down. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I understand. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it may sound like an odd thing, but like, you know, I, I, uh, no, I understand that. How do you know if someone's vegan? They'll tell you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> hey, Steven's calling me here, man. The guy really? that, that, that you introduced me to. Who has been my business partner for over ten years now? Did I introduce him to you? Yeah, we were in the studio, and then you were like, "Yo, this is Keenan. I think you guys should." And then I don't know. We just kind of clicked, and yeah, we've been working together ever since. I love that dude. He's 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 a he's a very 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 rad man. Very very uh, in techni- uh intelligent guy, man. Which is why I got him on my team. <laughs> Fucking hell, yeah. But yeah, man, Kiev, like just in closing and stuff, man, it's been awesome having you on and talking about your journey. Um, what I'll do is probably maybe in a couple of months or a year or something, we get back on and just recap and see like oh, yeah. what's changed and, you know, it's just an update on what's going on. And then any kind of links and stuff, uh, you can just forward it to me. I'll put it in the description for your classes and um, for people to come check you out, check out your content. Are you doing, you, you say you're not doing any music anymore and stuff, it's just mainly... Uh... Um, kind of doing some stuff in the background. Um, Cubes and I have got an idea. I mean, we've been doing the low boy stuff for a while, but I mean, since there's no venues open, I mean, there's barely any rehearsal rooms open. Like, we know we're not really playing. 
Um, we've got we've we've been writing stuff for a project called um, Henson and Bedges, <laughs> um, which is basically um, what we do is we 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 we've been mashing up uh, songs um, and just like like putting different songs into different songs music and like just mucking about with things, doing sort of like a uh, kind of like a vaudeville comedy show, for lack of a better phrase. Nice. But uh, it, it, that's still very much in the writing process. Uh, we, we, we're having a lot of fun with it, but uh, whether it ever goes live, who knows? I mean, what, what's happening with entertainment? It's, it's online. It's online. Pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it must be said, like actually going online has been one of the best things um, that's actually happened to my career. Because mm-hmm. um, I mean, like online? Using, I do. I teach online every day. Okay. I've got uh, an eleven an eleven a.m. class that runs pretty much every weekday. That's freely available. Like all you have to do is just like send me an email address, and I've not been putting you onto a list, man. All I'm doing is I'm just like. Um, just sending you invites every freaking yeah. day for that thing. And I mean, it's, as I said, it's freely available. If you can donate, people have been donating whatever they can, but it's also, it's just, it's promoting regular practice. Nice. And I mean, it's, what's been lovely about that as well is like, I've had students who have gone from like one or maybe two classes a week to now being able to do like five classes a week. Yeah, and all of a sudden, like the thing is with yoga, with any kind of ritual based thing, the more often you do it and the stronger you get without even realizing it. I mean, yoga is not fucking powerlifting. You don't see immediate results because you're never pushing yourself to those limits. You know, you're always working within your range of motion. But I'm acharya. You're following um, uh, restraint. No, I mean, same here, um, bro. Same for me. I mean, I used to do it like once or twice a week before. I mean, I was always regular with my practice. But mm. since since the beginning of lockdown, I've been pretty much doing it almost every day, you know, like mm. for six, seven months now. Like, And I'm, I'm so much better for it. Like, I love it. Dude, I've got a little warm-up that goes with the beginning of my classes. I've been doing it probably every practice now for the beginning of, uh, let's, let's say, two months. I had a woman, uh, just because of the warm-ups, uh, get her feet behind her head. Wow. Wow, that's, that's deep. Right. That's proper deep stretching. Yeah, no, look, I mean, to be fair, I mean, she had relatively loose hips already, but from somebody who had never even thought about putting her... That doesn't sound (laughs) like good, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Diary of a chubby chubby masochist. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I get paid for, dude. It's either that or I have to get naked on the internet or like, you know, <laughs> who wants to see my only fans? I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been propositioned by a fair amount of gay guys, but like, still. Uh, like, okay, I'd love you to just um, play with the, you know. <laughs> oh, dude, the chubby yogi has a small uh, cult following in Germany amongst the um, uh, the uh, gay bear population out there. Nice, bro. Yeah, dude. Gotta love him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you spreading that light, man. You know, it doesn't matter who who's receiving or where it's being received, you're spreading the light, man. And uh, I think in the, the current climate and the global consciousness, like the connections between all of us, it's amazing how, like you said, you over here, you can be, you know, communicating and touching people anywhere in the world, really. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, Absolutely. Kim, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, but thank you so much for having me. Yeah. This has been the Other Side of the Sun podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, give if there's any last words or anything you want to leave us with. Be excellent to each other. Peace.